are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual, and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode. everyone welcome back to for better self and net worth i'm really excited to bring you a solo episode and this episode is about feeling fabulous about yourself without putting in a lot of effort feel fabulous about yourself naturally so i'm just going to go ahead and get to the chase this episode was inspired a few months ago i was having a conversation with a friend and she asked me how i stayed so positive and at this time, we were both going through something really challenging. Can't really say what it is on the air, but we were both going through something. And she said, I don't know how you stay so positive all the time. She said, I love that about you, but how do you stay so positive? Growing up, I always heard that happiness was a choice, that you can choose joy. And you can even choose joy in terms of loss and grief, even though it's more challenging. But most of the time, choosing joy just becomes natural. If you choose joy, you'll have joy. While I do believe that that's true, I'm going to tell you what has really worked for me and what's even more important than choosing happiness and choosing to stay positive. What really drives that for me is having confidence. You have to find the confidence within yourself and you also just have to let yourself be confident that things will work out. So if you're going through a certain situation, like a job loss, a breakup, just something awful, you can have the confidence that something else is going to come your way. And a lot of times when you have the confidence that something better is going to happen, guess what? It happens. So confidence is the key to happiness. Before I tell you the first hack I have to confidence that leads to happiness, I have another story that I want to share. And this story happened at the beginning of this week. And as it was happening, I knew I had to talk about it on the show because I thought it would be a good lead in. Well, I found out that my local library membership, it's in Nashville. The Nashville library memberships include free LinkedIn learning courses. A lot of companies spend a ton of money on giving LinkedIn learning courses for professional development within the organizations. And they really want their employees to take those courses because there's so many soft skills you can learn in LinkedIn Learning. And there's also new skills that you can learn with LinkedIn Learning. This week, after finding out that I had free access to LinkedIn Learning with my library membership, I took a course called 
how to develop an eye for design. The reason I did this, because I'm really interested in doing some feng shui around the house. I'm also interested in learning a little bit more on graphic design. I have some graphic design experience, but I want to get better at that. And even doing web design. When I took this course, I saw how it began and it went back to one of the earliest philosophers. So the course, the whole purpose was, is to be able to make designs that would be aesthetically pleasing to others and that would attract your target audience. And everybody's like, okay, how do I make the right design for my clients or how do I make the right design to attract the right people? And it's a good question. It went all the way back to one of the earliest philosophers known, that's Aristotle. And what it boiled down to is what he deemed to be beautiful was the aesthetics. And aesthetics were subjective. What we commonly view as beautiful today is going to come from a consensus of what others and what society thinks. This leads me to my first hack. The first piece of advice I have to feeling more confident, which does lead to a positive high vibration, is you have to go from within. You can't look for external factors. If you look at external factors to feel confident about yourself, to feel beautiful, to feel smart, to feel intelligent, or to feel like things are going to work out for you, you most likely won't feel that way. You really don't have to. I learned later in life, I really don't have to get someone else's opinion about the way I look or if I like the outfit I'm wearing, why do I have to ask somebody else if I like it? Chances are, if I like what I'm wearing, I'm going to get compliments on it anyway because of the way I feel and the energy I put out there when I'm wearing that outfit. I had a guest on the show back in May, Kate Hansen, who is incredible, and she's doing a really awesome mastermind if you guys are interested, but she is a highly paid confidence coach, and I remember one of the first things that she said to me is that confidence is always going to come from within, within yourself before it comes from anyone else. One of the greatest mistakes that I used to make and what I see other people making is they always have to ask for someone else's opinion to resonate the opinion that they want to have about themselves. Or somebody will make a statement in ways to fish for compliments. They'll start bragging about themselves as a way to get someone else to give them a compliment. At the end of the day, if you know what you bring, if you know what you bring to the table, you're not afraid to sit alone. Also, when you know what you bring to others, this can be your ideas, your beauty, your intellect, or whatever it is that you want to bring, you know what you're bringing and other people are going to pick up on that energy. I'll say it again. When you know what you bring to the table, you're not going to be afraid to eat alone, but your confidence and how you see yourself is always going to outweigh someone else's opinion. And coincidentally enough, when you bring the energy to the table, knowing that you have a lot to offer, other people are going to pick up on the energy that you're bringing within yourself. And when you bring that energy, you have to get it within yourself. No matter what your circumstances are, you can always choose to love yourself. You can go through some hard times. You can really make terrible mistakes and you can still go to the core of who you are and know that you're human. You're going to make a mistake, but even when you make a mistake, you had good intentions. When you realize this, when you realize that you're an inherently good person 
and those people are inherently good, you can bring a light to others. You can inspire others to want to be the best version of themselves. About 10 years ago, I was that person that always wanted to impress people. I always felt like I needed to impress people to get them to be my friends. Or worse, I would even dim myself to fit in, meaning dimming my light. I would you know, say things to the conversation that I thought other people wanted to hear. I would just kind of go along with what other people were saying. And when I let myself get lost in the motive to fit in, I noticed that I was attracting people. I was dating somebody and that, you know, had a very low vibe, very low energy and was always drinking. And I had friends that were only happy when they were drinking and always in a negative mindset. And these weren't people that I necessarily wanted to be around at the end of the day. These were people that were sucking the energy out of me. Or I would get people that were not necessarily encouraging me. They were trying to compete with me or just overall, if I was happy, they would find a way to wind that up or find a way to encroach upon that. So what I've learned was to be mindful of the people that I hang out with, whether it be my one group, my networking group. I have found that when I can be myself, find that confidence from within that I am meeting people that are also confident and are bringing amazing energy back to me. People that are encouraging me, people that are also ambitious, people that have these same ideas as me that want to talk about the books we read, what's going on to the world that I can have different opinions with and they still respect me. The other thing too, speaking of encouragement One of the kindest things that you can say to a friend and genuinely mean is that you're proud of them. I actually had a close friend tell me this weekend that she was really proud of me. And ironically enough, I look up to her as well. I love this person because she has gone against societal norms and used her creativity to take some risk in life. And she's doing something that inspires thousands of women. And to hear her say that she was proud of me was a huge compliment, but it also helped me realize that the energy that I have and the way that I feel about myself will attract people like her that do amazing things. So if you want to do amazing things, if you want to feel amazing about yourself, well, if you want to do amazing things, you have to feel amazing about yourself you're going to attract other people who feel amazing about themselves. And you're just going to be just vibing on a much higher level than what you've vibed at before. On the flip side, you may also see people pulling away from you or treating you differently, maybe not inviting you out to as many things or leaving you out or, you know, just writing you off, taking over the conversation. But when you realize that those people are pulling away, or maybe talking to you less, that's something that they're dealing with. That's not for you to worry about. And sometimes when you see toxic people walking out of your life, that's just a way of decluttering. You think about it. When you declutter your closet, you're making room for pieces that you want to have in your closet even more. It's the same thing with the people in your life. When you are decluttering 
your life of negative people, people that just want to compete with you, people that discourage you, or people that are overall really negative and not on the same vibration as you, you can make spaces and time for people and things that make you happy. You also won't have to tell anyone how awesome you are because they're already going to know it. So first things first, go within yourself to find that confidence. And to tie along with what we're talking about, as far as the people you surround yourself with, is you must make a choice to hang out with people who are where you want to be in life. You've got to hang out with people who are also confident in themselves. And it also helps to have people with the same values as you do. What I mean by that, these are people that are valuing ambitious, people that maybe don't engage in petty conversations, people that, you know, are having the same interests as you, that want to get out and stay active and have fun, people that, I know for me, when I quit drinking, my circle immediately changed. And I found other people in my life that, you know, maybe they'll, they're like me, they'll have a drink every now and then, but they're more focused on doing other things that are fun, such as dancing or hiking or even sharing cat stories, whatever it is that makes you happy. So what you have to prioritize is you have to know in every situation that you're in, how your energy feels when you're in that situation. Going back to my twenties, I found myself around a lot of negative people, people that were alcohol dependent to be happy. And you know, it was a lot of fun. I do have a lot of great memories of just going out, dancing, and just making jokes and saying obnoxious things, haha, or getting kicked out of the tin roof. That's, you know, I'll look back on that and I can laugh at it, but that those were not the happiest times of my life. The happiest times of my life is when I'm sitting on a couch with my friends, drinking LaCroix and having philosophical conversations about why we think the way we do or why we came to be that the way that we were. And those conversations are energizing. So when it comes to your surroundings, pay attention to how your energy feels when you're with that person. If you find yourself around someone who's kind of stuck in the negative, whether they're talking about their situation or if they have a negative opinion about themselves or someone else, you can change the subject immediately. Or if you find somebody that's constantly comparing themselves to others or comparing you to others, change the subject immediately. Comparison is a major killjoy and there's never a need for it. A few years ago, just another example, I had to set a major boundary with some friends because I was out to dinner and we were at a chain restaurant and it was people that I loved dearly. And they became fixated because this restaurant had a quote unquote skinny menu and everybody started focusing on the skinny menu. I immediately got uncomfortable. And the reason I got uncomfortable was I used to have body issues. I was a dancer my whole life, but at that time I was a size four and my BMI was on the very low side of normal. It was normal, but on the low side of normal, I was also very active. So I knew that I could stand to eat a few extra calories I ordered the dessert. So they were talking about their diets that they were on and how much weight they lost and what their plans were. I wanted a dessert. 
the place was known for dessert. I ordered one and I can feel the eyes darting around me, just judging me and talking about the calories or, oh, you've got to wear a bridesmaid's dress. Are you sure you want to eat that? And I was like, yeah, I want to eat that. And just how I felt in that moment, I knew that this same group of women, as much as I loved them, that I did not want to share another meal with them because they, instead of treating themselves and enjoying their surroundings, they were fixating on the calories. And that's just not really when I, when I think about when I'm having a meal, I'm all about staying active and burning the calories. Now I'm all for making healthy decisions and eating everything in moderation and doing what makes you feel great. But if you're going to ask me to go on a diet with you or join some weight loss program that people are selling through the uh, multi-level marketing companies, I'm not going to only tell you no, I'm going to tell you hell no. I'll wish everyone the best, but the fixation of losing weight and depriving yourself of certain foods is a dangerous path to go down. And it's not a road that I want to go down again. It's just overall not my vibe. Now, something I learned later and I thought about it later in life in that moment and feeling uncomfortable being judged for ordering dessert is that the live up conversations around dieting was not necessarily an attack on me, even though I felt the judging as around me, it was how they felt about themselves. And a lot of time people who talk about diets, particularly really thin people who don't necessarily need to be on a diet are kind of doing that to seek validation. They want to be encouraged. They want to be told that they don't need to be on a diet or even want to be celebrated. We live in a culture that celebrates people going on diets, even when they don't have to. It's just a really weird and sick fixation. But someone who is a non-medical professional ever encourages me to go on a diet, I see it for what it is. I see it as them being insecure and also boisterous. And you know what? They deserve to be told to F-U-C-K off. Try not to cuss on the show just because I know some of you have kiddos, but you know, screw off. Don't, don't tell me what to do with my body. That's between me and my doctor. Even if you are a medical professional, you're probably not my medical professional and you're probably not in a healthcare setting. So that's my stance on dieting. But back to my main point, the validations that you should get, you should not have to seek from other people. They should come from within. Live with good intention. If you want to eat healthier, I fully support that. But leave weight gain and diet conversations to healthcare professionals. If you want to do something for your life that is treating you, I mean, booking the trip that you've always wanted to go on, starting a yoga class, going back to grad school, anything like that, that you're treating yourself, that is good for you. But don't judge someone else that makes your decisions differently. And if you find yourself judging others, then that falls on you. And the people that are judging you, comparison and sizing you up, they're really just doing that to themselves. Back at it from commercial break and on to point number three. And number three for my confidence hack is to do less and love yourself more. This came to me when I started working from home. 
And I still work from home half the time, but on days when I don't have to be on Zoom all day, I know I can go without makeup, I can pull my hair back, and I can wear workout clothes. I'm so grateful for this, not only for the less effort, but the motto around that is feeling comfortable. And the more I got to be comfortable, the more I got to run around in my favorite hoodie, wear comfortable leggings, have my hair pulled back and no makeup, the more comfortable I saw myself in my most natural state. The pandemic, if anything good were to come from that, it is wearing less makeup and being more comfortable in my own skin and learning to take care of myself more. Also sleeping in more because I didn't have to worry about being somewhere at a certain time. But I also got used to myself not wearing as much makeup. In fact, recently I went to an event where I put on some, you know, did eyeshadow, bronzer, the whole works. And I looked at myself and I thought, I wasn't used to seeing myself wearing so much makeup. In fact, I needed to scale it down for a minute. There is a time in my life where from when I was a teenager all the way through college, I never left my house without a full face of makeup. Now I prefer the way I look with less makeup on. Sometimes I prefer the way I look wearing my glasses just because the glasses kind of add like a little polish to it where all I had to do was put those on my face instead of strategically putting a lot of makeup on my face. I still do love getting dressed up. I still love wearing heels and dresses. That's just who I am. I've always been someone that embraces the femininity and I still love that part of me, but I'm also comfortable walking around a leg as a sweatshirt when it's necessary. I would get up sometimes really early in the morning and I can walk to the Starbucks near my house. It's a two mile walk. So getting in some morning cardio and some coffee, two things to bring my heart rate up. And I also can do some yoga. I also take care of myself more when I'm not stressed out about what I'm wearing and having to put on a certain appearance. But you know, there's a time and a place for everything. There is a time to get all dressed up and jazzed up, do the fancy hair, lots of makeup and high heels. And then there's a time just to be comfortable. And the older I get, the more I choose the comfortable side of me. While we're at it, I have to say that I'm not really a fan of pantyhose. I have not worn pantyhose since the year 2020. Thank the Lord. I'm also not a fan of anything that's meant to suck me in or alter me or make me look weird or different. I'm all about feeling comfortable. I'm all about wearing clothes that feel good on me. And yeah, just feeling good overall about myself and not feeling like I need to quote unquote, fix myself or fix the way that I look. Just loving the skin that I'm in and enhancing it with the high heels and the lipstick instead of quote unquote, covering if anything up. And speaking of comfort, here is my next tip. And that tip is to avoid trends that don't speak to you. I, for one, just to be the example, not a fan of the high-waisted acid wash jeans that give everybody a camel toe, nor will you find me wearing ripped jeans. I just think in my mind, they look like I distracted my jeans and I was too lazy to buy a new pair, but Other people can totally rock the ripped jeans 
and the camel toe jeans with the acid wash. Some people even look absolutely adorable in the Target dresses. They love the Target dresses, so that's signature to them. That's what they like to wear. I think the Target dresses will make me feel like a creepy pilgrim. You're not going to see me wearing them. I do, however, love baggy off-the-shoulder sweatshirts, the 80s look. I love colorful earrings, polished jumpsuits. I love dressed up sneakers with a jean skirt. I love denim jackets. A lot of the things that are coming back in now. I love loud bracelets. There's a lot of trends that I do love, but those are trends that speak to me and help me feel comfortable in my own skin. Now, if you love, let's see, what else is popular right now? Oh, some of those, some of those best, uh, I don't see the point in them, but the, the best ponchos. I see people kill it in those. If you want to wear a vest poncho that works for you, do it. A jacket without sleeves. I don't see the point in those. Some people can rock them. What I'm saying is find what works for you in terms of what you wear. Also find what works for you in terms of what you consume. This is another story. I know I've told this story before, but if you're new to the podcast, this story is new to you. And it does prove a point, but I remember making myself sit through hours, what seemed like daunting hours, watching The Bachelor. I think a lot of these people are actors, but they would make really vapid statements. They were extremely superficial and they were everything that makes me cringe today. But I watched this show because I wanted to keep conversation with my coworkers. They always talked about the girl Corinne and when was she going to get kicked off or they all would bond over not liking a certain contestant and being a fan of the other. And, you know, it was a fun conversation to have, but it wasn't a conversation that made me feel better energetically. It never made me feel better to cheer against somebody that I didn't even know and want to see them get kicked off a show. It's just a lot of people, they love it. They get into it. They do a, I guess it's like a parallel to fantasy football where they do brackets for whatever person wins the show. I would only watch it to fit in. And I found those hours of watching TV, something that's supposed to be completely leisure, absolutely exhausting even though I love the people that I was watching it with because my neighborhood used to get together and watch it. I loved hanging out with them, but the show in itself was absolutely life-sucking to me. So many people have asked me if I've watched The Real Housewives, and I can tell you right now, I don't want to see a single episode. Another thing that's popular right now, people love this trend that's going on on TikTok. It's Alabama, University of Alabama's Rush. They call it Bama Rush Talk. And it's everything people hate about sororities. I was in a sorority in college and I loved being in the sorority because I love the people that I was around. I love the sisterhood. I learned to work with people that I normally wouldn't have worked with otherwise. I learned about socializing and being able to pull a conversation out of anybody. And I've been able to network with so many people through my sorority today. What I'm seeing on Bama Rush Talk is absolute trash TV. It is terrible, guys. These teenage girls who've never worked a day in their life, and here I go off judging, but I don't mean to. I'm just want to get a point across. But these women are wearing 
outfits that cost thousands of dollars. And they're talking about the outfit of the day. And they're doing these cute dances. And these dances, they had to put on a lot of makeup. They had to decorate their dorm rooms very elaborately, even if they love that. I I mean, I get the appreciation for good fashion and good design. And obviously, I have a great appreciation for dancing. But this is nothing to me or any of my friends that have been in a sorority. It is the absolute incorrect stereotype of why people join sororities. And it infuriates me. However, a lot of my friends who are in sororities absolutely love this sort of thing. These people and their really fake Southern accents. I'm from the South. Nobody sounds like that. I promise you guys. But these people and their really fake Southern accents and their thousand dollar bags that they're camping out with basically in just overpriced leggings. It's, it's daunting. But my point is so many people like this stuff and you're not going to see me pretending like I like these sort of thing. I am, however, grateful that I jumped on the Stranger Things bandwagon. I've seen all four seasons and I'm really impatient about the fact that season five is not going to be out for another two years. I've bonded with people over my love for Stranger Things and I found out that other people just like me out of my love for Stranger Things love Stephen King. My point is find out what it is that you really like. I will never, as long as I live, watch another Real Housewives or Bachelor ever again. I might watch the Kardashians, but that's a different story. I think Kris Jenner is ultimate boss lady. So I support that, even though I don't always like everything the Kardashians stand for. I can get entertained by it. But find out what it is that you do like and own that. Own your weird. Find out how it makes you unique from everybody else. I recently learned how to do some basic coding and interested in learning UX and UI design. This connected me to a lot of other techie friends that love the same thing. I've bonded with a lot of my coworkers recently over my love for science fiction. Started from talking about Stranger Things, then we go into Disney, then we go to Star Wars, then we go to Harry Potter. We're all nerds. And I just love being around other nerds because I can be a nerd in front of them and they can be a nerd in front of me. On top of that, recently, one of my favorite bands for 25 years since I was a preteen is the band Hanson. And when I I was, I think I was in a Facebook group, we were talking about what our favorite boy band was. I was like, well, I didn't like boy bands, but I was crazy about Hanson. I met a friend, actually, she commented on it. She said she loved Hanson too. We ended up being Facebook friends. Well, a couple years later, we end up meeting at the Hanson concert. And we already have plans to go to other concerts and hang out and have a Hocus Pocus party because we found out that some of the things that we like that other people deem as weird, we both love them. And that's how we became friends. Even if the people around you love different things, they should love you're weird as well. So owning your weird and avoiding trends is my fourth hack to finding that overall happiness and being confident. To conclude this brief episode, I'm going to go ahead, summarize all four hacks again, which leads to happiness. That happiness comes from confidence. The first hack is finding confidence from within. I believe this. So does a full-time confidence coach, Kate Hansen, that I had on the show. Number two, know your surroundings. 
and how they will make you feel energetically. Three, do less to quote unquote fix yourself and learn to love who you really are more. And four, avoid trends that don't speak to you and own what makes you unique. As always, everyone, I appreciate you for listening to the show and supporting me. I love you so much. Always love hearing from you. Keep the ideas coming. If you're someone that is ditching societal norms and wants to live your dreams, please email me at eloconomic at gmail.com. It's E-L-L-A-C-O-N-O-M-I-C at gmail.com or connect with me through Instagram. It's one word, evolve with Ella, evolve with Ella. All one word, connect with me through Instagram. I promise you being being on a podcast, you're always going to be a little bit nervous and you're always going to say more than you anticipate saying. I have all these notes and I, I love to just go crazy and be behind the mic, but it's not as daunting as you think. And there's someone out there that needs to hear what you have to say. So if you want to be my guest, let me know. I also am going to keep some of the pep talks coming. I've been getting feedbacks so that some of you like my sporadic little pep talks on the show. So I'm going to keep those coming as well. But then again, I cannot thank you enough. I'm so glad that you're listening and I am so grateful for you. Have an amazing week.